Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Not Without My Sister, where today I, Rosemary McCabe, was late to record with my sister Beatrice McCabe because I got into that post-shower. I had a shower, I started drying my hair, and then I started to sweat profusely. And then I was getting in a panic because I knew I was going to be late, but I was trying to let my body cool down before I put my clothes on. Does that ever happen to you? No. And I have to say, I'm shocked at my own judgmental behavior there where you said I just had a shower and I immediately went at 12.39. I thought that the other day as well when you were like, uh, I'll be over, but I have to have a shower. I'm like, you've been up for 97 hours. Mom and dad are over there. Brandon is at home. What is hold? What is this midday oh, showering? Oh, no, no, no. This is strategic because Beatrice, at the moment, I think it's the breastfeeding or it could just be my body now and this could be me forever. I'm sweating so much when I do anything. So I got up this morning, I had to like change the bed covers and put on the wash. I have to do everything I have to do before I have a shower. Because if I shower first, then I sweat profusely and need another shower. That's a great line. So Brandon, I've done four things this morning. Now I need to lie down for the rest of the day. Now I need to shower, yeah, and then not move for the rest of the day. Sorry, mm-hmm. you're up. Yeah, good one. I also admire it. So Beatrice texted me and was like, are you ready to pod? And then called me and then I didn't answer because I was in the bathroom and then called Brandon and then texted me and goes, I thought you were playing video games. Beatrice, if you think I would get a way in edgeways to play video games with these kids. I was up last oh, night until one thirty playing video games. I'm exhausted and now I can't play video games all day because they're here. Well, that's a good point. But the other day, <laughs> the other day, when you ne- didn't turn up at all to the pod, so you're late today, but you didn't turn up at all. I the forgot. Other day, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting, and you weren't answering your phone or responding to texts because you were playing Heroin Potter. I don't want to admit playing Harry Potter because it's it seems like a pro J.K. Rowling stance to take. People gave out um, to me about it on my Instagram. I know they did, but that is what you were playing. But let me tell you, dad has more judgment in store for you because he goes, can you believe that Rosemary played 72 hours of heroin potter? 34. It was 34, which is also egregious, but it wasn't 72. Excuse me. Excuse me. He goes, and mom goes, I think you mean 37. And he goes, well, whatever, 37 in three days. It was not, it was in a week and a half, which is still bad, but like it was not in three days. <laughs> I literally was in the kitchen going, Rosemary, that's a working week. That's an entire work. That's four eight hour days. It's like, <gasps> shut me. up, dad. He thought, 
Initially, he thought it was 72 hours in three days. I just want you to put that together. That literally was like, you are hyped up on amphetamines playing Harry Potter from I, morning to the baby is, the baby is like irrelevant, an irrelevant blob in the corner. I would love that. And actually, I should have done that because this is Brandon's last week before he starts his new job. Did I ever tell you about the time that I went over to a friend's house for like a party or something and she had just got Sim Hospital? Do you remember Sim Hospital? Oh God, I was just talking about The Sims the other day. I loved Sim Farm. Oh I my loved God. it. And do you remember, um, didn't we have theme park as well? That was great on the PC. We had to build the theme park and build the roller coasters. Oh, I don't think I had, I don't think I ever played, I had the benefit of playing that. But like, I was actually wondering, can you get simple Sim games now? Because now they're like really convoluted and they're like really good, you know, higher resolution graphics and they're people and they have to worry about their clothes. Oh, I, I don't want that. I just I don't want so. like... Sim Super farm, sim, yeah, sim. yeah. You want to just grow your cabbages and grow your carrots and yes. like put in the during the irrigation you had to put in your fields. Yes. Oh God, it was great. Yes, I loved it. So my friend got Sim Hospital, and it was the first person I'd ever seen with it. And I went over to her house for a party. Beatrice, I stayed up all night playing Sim Hospital. I fell asleep at about eleven a.m. <laughs> and then I could not. And this was Christmas. So it was the day before Christmas Eve, and this was Christmas Eve. They apparently had tried to wake me several times for the bus. <laughs> it was like the last bus going home on Christmas Eve. I missed the bus, and then Mom and Dad just called. I was. Heartbroken because I was really worried I was going to miss Christmas. I have to say, I mean, this is the rock and roll lifestyle, living on the edge, playing Sim Hospital into the week. I remember Sim Hospital, actually. It was brilliant. It was great. And people would walk in and you'd have to diagnose them. And then you'd have to send them off to the operating theatre. And then you got like to upgrade your doctor so you could get an extra surgeon. <laughs> I loved it so much. Actually, this is an excellent segue because what I wanted to talk about was I'm reading Aubrey Gordon's You Just Need to Lose Weight and 19 Other Myths About Fat People, right? Dad found that fascinating when he read it. I gave it to dad and I said, you should read this. And he went, yeah, yeah. And then put it in a pile, a pile of books, basically, that we recommended to him that he wasn't reading, although he did read your recommendation, but he put it away and he promised me he would read it. Well, I said to him last night, I said, have you read that book that I gave you, The Death of Jane Lawrence? And he goes, no, I haven't. And I said, what are you reading right now? And he goes, I'm reading... The Red-Headed Stepchild. Is that actually what it's called? Apparently. And I was waiting, right, for him to elaborate. You know, like, if somebody says to you what book you're reading, you don't just go, I'm reading Two Dogs and a Fish. You go, I'm reading this book about whatever. Yeah. So I go, Dad, okay, is there more to it? Are you going to tell me? I said, or do I need to ask? He okay, Dad, talking about what's books. the book about? No, no, no. You know why, right? So he why? Goes, it's about, he goes, she is the she is the product of a, a illicit relationship between a mage and a vampire. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, mom and dad had the most ridiculous conversation yesterday. So they brought over the magazine Poets and Writers that you subscribe to for me, but somehow get sent to your house. Which seems suspicious. But anyway, they brought You're it over welcome. to me. It's actually very interesting. And I was reading out all the writers retreats that I'm going to apply to go on because you can you can apply. Some of them are free, you know what I mean? So you just pay the application fee and then if you get accepted, everything's covered. Anyway. So I'm looking through it and I'm looking at these literary festivals and I'm like, oh, there's a literary festival here and there's one here. And these mum goes, I don't, you know, our book club that we were in, they go to the literary festival every year and they love it. I don't know what, you, what would you want to go and see a writer for? And I went, what? what? And she goes, good to go and like talk to them. What would you want to, I mean, what, what's that all about? And I said, 
Well, I think, mom, you go and like you hear you go to a talk by them and they're talking about their maybe their process or they're talking about their most recent book. And sometimes people like to get an opportunity to say to them, I read your book and it was really meaningful to me. And it really, oh, I don't. Und-. And then dad, these people who want to talk <laughs> to authors and talk about books and think about books. I mean, I just read books and I love reading the books. I don't care. The author, I wouldn't care. Couldn't care less now, mom. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh my god! So they're making you feel very special, were they? they? Oh my god! I cannot wait till I do my book tour and they come to every single date. And Mum looks around and goes, "Who are these losers? What would anybody be doing at a book tour?" No, no, I forgot to tell you this. I was like, <laughs> during the week, right? Dad's read something, and what? Oh, we were watching a TV show, and he goes, "Now that was desperate." He goes, "Rosemary could have written that." <laughs> I said, Rosemary's a good writer. That's what I meant. That's, she would have done a much better job. I'm like, hmm, not sure that's exactly how that came across. That is not how that came across at all. Thanks, Dad. God, it's like if Mom walked oh. in somewhere and went, look at those horrendous clothes. Beatrice could have designed them. <laughs> she probably does. I don't know. I've never heard her say that. I tried to give her some stuff to take home. I, I really, there's not a lot of room in the suitcase. Suitcase is fucking empty. I like I can't even. Full of chocolate on my stuff when they came over. They brought over my pink denim boiler suit, Beatrice. That was practically one whole suitcase. It's enormous. Oh, that's a good, that's adorable. So um, what's the topic of today? So I'm reading Aubrey Gordon's book. You just need to lose weight in 19 other myths about fat people. And I've got to the chapter about doctors and about how fat people are treated by doctors. And I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about our experience with doctors. Not necessarily as fat people. That's just made me think about it. But I was thinking about like all the different doctors that I've seen and the different, I suppose, the different vibes I've got for them. Oh, my God. Did I ever tell you? Sorry, maybe this is about being fat. But I went to a doctor in Galway. I remember when I was in college and they offered to sign me up to some weight loss program. And it was basically where they paid for you to go to Weight Watchers or like you, you went to Weight Watchers and it was free and you went in every two weeks for these health screenings or every three weeks or whatever. And I was like, great, free, sign me up. I should have known that I'd become an absolute ligger of a journalist and go to every single, the opening of an envelope. I was so excited by this free Weight Watchers. But I remember on my very first meeting with that doctor, she said, okay, so right now you weigh, I think at the time I weighed like 11 and a half stone. And she goes, according to the BMI scale now, a healthy weight for you would be anything from, and she said something like nine and a half stone to seven stone. And I went, seven stone. And she goes, that'd be the lower end, yeah. And I said, so you're telling me I could lose five stone and be healthy. And she was like, mm-hmm. and I was literally looking at her going, I would have to lob off my head in order to lose five stone. Do you know what I mean? I was like, my bones alone. I mean, I don't know. I mean, your bones, as dad will say, like his dad, the scientist doctor, everybody's bones are the same weight. I'm not sure that's true. I'm not right? sure that's true either, dad. Dr. Dad. But, I mean, it's supposed to not be about weight, but I have to say, I suppose most of the things that remain with me are about weight, you know? Yeah. Well, actually, I have one from, I have a couple actually maybe that don't, but if you're talking about weight, I mean, obviously I hate the weighing part, first of all, always like gets the meeting off to a very poor beginning, right? Where they weigh you and you're like, oh. Well, they don't do that in Ireland. Taking off my shoes and my coat. Well, they do it in America, taking off my shoes and my coat and my whatever. Every single appointment. I know, wearing the lightest possible clothes I can. But when I was pregnant with would have been Bo. So I was living in Dallas and I went to a doctor there. I thought she was grand. She wasn't like very um, warm. She wasn't very, you know, she, she wasn't, she was just a bit like disinterested. I would say, you know, I didn't feel all the feels from her in this kind of moment where you want to feel like people have you 
are thinking about you and worrying about you. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and I went in after like, on, I think it was 30 weeks for the going ahead into the third trimester. And I put on whatever, like 20 pounds or 25 pounds, you know, whatever you're supposed to put on, but it tipped me over into the higher end of the, the BMI, et cetera. And she goes, okay, you've put on 25 pounds. Okay, so now for the rest of the pregnancy, it would, I recommend maybe try to maybe cut out carbs now so that you can really maintain that weight. It's like, what? What? You're pregnant, so go on a diet. Seems like... It wasn't go... I, I wouldn't say she was saying go on a diet. She was saying maintain your weight. Eat healthily. Well, well, well. I mean, anything where you cut out a food group is a diet. So she was basically saying... What she was suggesting was Atkins, basically. I think she was just saying low fat, maintain your weight. And I wouldn't read too much into it, Rosemary. Anyway, the whole point was more that I was just like, how in God's name have you met me? Like, I'm pregnant. All I want to eat is rice pudding. That's not about to happen. So I was like, okay. And the first the first doctor, the first OB I had when I was in New York was just like, you know, I could tell you to, you know, try to keep your weight within whatever he goes. But at the end of the day, after you have the baby, it's going to be your problem. So just keep that in mind. I was like, that's actually the best advice I ever got. Well, that's actually what my OB said to me as well. Something like, because I actually hadn't gained a lot of weight. Do you remember I was about six months pregnant and I'd gained half a stone or something. Now, I was obviously heavy to begin with. So I think I was about 15 stone when I got pregnant. And I remember saying to her something like, should I be worried that I haven't gained weight? I mean, lol, the only time in my entire life. And she said to me, um, no, because when you're bigger to begin with, you don't want to gain too much weight because then you'll just have to lose it when you're done. And I was kind of like, well... I don't know. I was I was annoyed because I was like, I don't have to lose it when I'm done. If I have my baby and I've put on 10 pounds or I've put on a stone or I've put on three stone, there's nothing to, that actually says I have to lose that weight. Although I know that in general, most women will want to lose that weight. But I remember somebody on Facebook was asking for body positive OBs in Fort Wayne and somebody recommended my doctor. And I said, look, I think she's really nice and I would absolutely go to her again, but I wouldn't call her a body positive OB because I don't think she was coming into it going, your weight is completely neutral in this process. Do you know what I mean? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What's your, what's your earliest memory of going to the doctor? I really don't think we went to the doctor very much, like at all growing up. I feel like you had to be on death's door to be, to warrant a trip to the doctor. Oh yeah. Not like our American kids now who are going to the doctor willy nilly. But I mean, I also feel like, I don't know how we didn't end up. I mean, I don't think that I shepherd the kids off to the doctor at the drop of a hat, but like they do get ear infections and they do get, and we just mm. did, I didn't get those things, but I also lived in the country with no friends. So I'm like, is that part of why nobody ever met me? I was living a Jane Bronte-esque life, although I think one of them died of typhoid. The two sisters, the two older sisters oh, died. So that's the, well, uh, they died from going to the boarding school at age nine and 11, I think. They're and two got typhoid. Older sisters. Yeah, typhoid or tuberculosis, I think it was. Oh God, that's so sad. It is. Well, I mean, like the ear infections, I think a big part of that is swimming, right? Because like our kids all summer are in the pool. Yeah, but, and that's but when... ear infections seem to be year round and babies particularly get them right like because that's how loads of these babies yeah. have tubes you know the, the, i also never heard of tubes but i presume that i think that's just i never heard of them we used to call them grommets i heard of them oh. definitely there were kids in my class who had them in ireland and they were called grommets i'll tell you why i was at the doctor this is really sexy now because i had a veruca i had a massive veruca. i was just about to say that's my first memory yeah. of the doctor is having a veruca removed and yeah. it was agony absolute agony and i had a hole the size of an actual pea in the bottom of my foot and a huge brown stitch Oh, I don't remember having a stitch. I just remember him getting out the enormous cotton bud from the like sci-fi looking freezer. You know the thing with the liquid nitrogen or whatever <laughs> yes. in it? And I was literally, and I also remember the smell of that doctor surgery. And for years I associated that smell. I was like, that's the smell of the doctor. But then I didn't realize it was just the smell of that doctor surgery. You know what I mean? I don't know what it was like iodine and whatever like cologne he wore and whatever furniture polish they used it was some weird combination that I was like, that's what doctors smell like. Like I can almost smell it now, but I couldn't describe it to you. But yeah, God, having the Veruca. And I don't know how mom, I think mom sat there in the room. I don't know. I don't know how she didn't freak. She hates that kind of stuff. You haven't laughed. She loves watching doctor's TV shows with like surgery and stuff. She doesn't like fiction, Rosemary. She likes real life pain. Oh suffering. no, but she hates gore. She she watches it all from behind her fingers and then goes, are you looking at this? She hates gore. I'm going to ask her this. But she afterwards. hates gore. Blood and guts. Oh no, no, no. She can't watch those bits. She watches the show and then she goes, oh God, oh God. As soon as they take out the scalpel, she's like, she's gone. She likes to see everything around it. Does she? Well, dad nearly passed out the other night watching The Last of Us where she had to get the needle and thread and do a very fake stitch in somebody's oh, I stomach. I haven't got to that part. Oh my God, you've ruined it. Can't believe somebody's getting a stitch in their stomach. Well, yeah, they had to get a, like a regular needle and thread like you'd be using, you know, to do some embroidery. And dad's like, Ugh. literally, I've never seen a, a more of a flail in the armchair. Like he was truly trying, it was like a really lazy person trying to run away without moving off the chair. <laughs> Like a slug trying to get somewhere really quickly. But if you go back to wait there for a second, I'll tell you, you know, I also think that, I mean, American Americans are different, right? The whole culture is different. But a friend of mine went to the doctor and had lost weight and had been, you know, trying to lose some weight. But the doctor had given them uh, an eating plan and like some encouragement, etc. the previous time. And they went back like six months later and thought no more of it. had lost about 20 pounds. And the doctor weighed them. Then opened the door, said to the nurses, this person lost 20 pounds, brought them to the door. They all clapped. (laughs) And did this person not mind? Well, this person's actually rather conservative and said that 
they were mortified, but also they were, I think they were like mildly delighted. <laughs> I mean, I would probably against my most woke desires be delighted as well. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, I don't want to be delighted. I don't want anyone to come into my way, but oh my God, I'm delighted. I'd be absolutely mortified. I would die. Oh, I'd be also mortified. Yeah, I'd be absolutely mortified. But you know, um, a lot of people that I read in the kind of fat positive or body positive spaces talk about how they say that they don't want to be weighed at their doctor's appointments. And like, I've thought about that because I'm like, maybe I should say that. But then I'm like, I actually do want to know what I weigh. Can you actually ask? But is it not that they're like, they want to know so they're monitoring your health or is it, what is it? I mean, it's part of their screening, right? So it's along with their, with blood pressure and they take your heart rate and like all these different things. So they want to have a map. So they go, here's your BMI, here's your heart rate, here's your blood pressure. But you can basically say to them, unless there's something that is specifically related to weight, I don't want to be weighed. You know what I mean? So like, but like, I remember I went to the doctor once a couple of years ago when I was lifting weights all the time. Do you remember I used to get pins and needles in my hands? Oh yeah. So I say this to you and in my arms and I remember... I think it was in both hands or I can't even remember, but I went to a doctor that I'd never gone to before because I couldn't get an appointment with my usual doctor. And I remember I sat down and I was like, I have this thing, I have pins and needles, I just want to get a few things checked out and see if there's anything more sinister. Because of course I'd Googled it and the first thing I'd found was MS. So I was like, yeah. oh my God, like my life is over. So I went in and one of the first things she said to me was, um, you should think about losing some weight. And I was like, A, I was at the lowest weight I've ever been. Now, she didn't know that because I'd never gone to her before, right? And I'm like, I think I'm always going to be heavy. But I was at that point probably about 13 stone or 12 and a half stone. And I was lifting weights five times a week. And I was a size 12 to 14. And I was, for all intents and purposes, pretty healthy to look at. I don't think you would have looked at me and gone, she's massively overweight, right? And I was just really annoyed because I was like, there's nothing that, I mean, she's a doctor, so she might know differently. But as far as I know, there is nothing that correlates weight with MS or with pins and needles. Do you know what I mean? She was just saying like, by the by. And I was like, no, I want, I'm here for this specific concern. I don't need you to tell me anything else. I want you to look at this specific thing. And she was the same doctor who actually did some blood tests and then called me to give me the results of the blood test at 11 p.m. on a Sunday, Beatrice. Hmm. And I missed the call and she left a voice note. And she said, this is Dr. Such and Such calling about the results. Give me a call back as soon as you can. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be admitted immediately. 11 p.m. on a Sunday. I was like, she wouldn't have called if it wasn't an emergency. Of course, I can't get through to her when I call back. I didn't get through to her for another two days. I was calling like all day Monday. They're like, she's with a patient. She's too busy. She can't take the call, blah, blah, blah. And then on Tuesday, I live, she was like, I'm not getting off the phone until you get her to talk to me. I'm really concerned about this. She called me late on Sunday night and she literally goes to me. Oh yeah, there was nothing wrong. For God's sake. She was obviously just trying to get through her calls. Did you say anything to her? No, because I was so relieved. I was so relieved. I was so taken aback, but I was also so relieved. Like, I think I started crying. I just got off the phone. For God's sake. That's desperate. So do you think you've ever had a doctor who, you know, they talk a lot about bedside manner. I don't know that I have, I'd say my doctor that I have right now, I like him a lot. He's very pleasant and he's very empathic. I think, you know, he doesn't make you feel, I feel like some doctors you can, whether it's deliberate or not. And a lot of it is probably your own projection or my own, my own like self flagellation coming to the fore. You know, I'm judging myself through somebody else's eyes. Like he does not make me feel judged you know, where he doesn't make me feel ashamed of like whatever the questions are. He makes me feel very comfortable, but I wouldn't say that's always been the case. He also is very good at explaining, you know, or kind of, he has the patience and the time, whereas a lot of doctors I've found in the past would like come in, you know, couldn't get out of there quite fast enough. And I get that they're all booked up and you're waiting two hours, et cetera, but I, you know, I'm not actually your scheduler, so I don't really care because by the time I get in there, I need your attention, you know, but I went to, um, maybe dad could be a doctor because every single story I have about the doctors is there's like a part of how dad reacted. So I went to the doctor's the 
for about seven years, I've had this pain in my left ear, right? And it gets, it comes and goes in terms of intensity, but like it's very much there and it's quite tender. Like if I touch it right in front of my ear, it's painful. The biggest inhibitor to me is that it means I cannot swim underwater without feeling great pain in my ear, okay? And that is, I think, a big miss in life, right? Enjoy swimming underwater during summer and diving down and doing my duck dive and really wowing people with my swimming acrobatics. I was just thinking your synchronized swimming life is over. Thank you for considering I could have had one. So when I lived in Dallas, I went to the doctor there and she tried different things. She like told me to take a clarity. She said there's a little bit of water in the base of my ear and like I should take this and I should take that. And she was very nice. And and then I moved. So I had to kind of discontinue work and go into her. And I forgot about that. And then like it got really bad. It got to the point where I couldn't sleep at night, etc. And I ended up going to the ear, nose and throat here in Fort Wayne. And I went in to the doctor and she examined me and she was like, well, how bad is it on a scale of one to 10? You know, you're thinking like, well, I mean, 10 is probably like I'm on the floor Mm -hmm. writhing in pain, unable to move. There's an alien in my head, right? So I said, it's probably at three or four. She goes, what age are you? And I said, well, I'm 40. Well, I mean, that's probably, that's that's normal. You just live with that. She didn't even think of a single thing that she would do or anything further. It was just like, that seems like an okay pain to live. So I came home complaining to dad. Dad's like, well, you're 40. Once you're 40, get out of bed without pain. You're lucky. That's a good day. He, I mean... He could be a doctor, Beatrice. It could be, but that is such unhelpful advice. And also, like, is that true? Should I just be like, oh, my ear is sore? Like, I do get, you know, I look around my house, it has wear and tear, and I don't think that's strange. But I expect my body to be constantly fixable. And yes, well, it's probably not reality. No, but I think, okay, for your line of work, if you had, say, for example, tendonitis from drawing or from being at a computer or carpal tunnel, I feel like I would go, you know what, your body has wear, that's wear and tear. One ear being in incredible pain all the time, like you're not a sound technician, you don't have loud music in your ears all the time, you don't wear headphones all the time, you don't poke at your ear with cotton bud all the time, do you? No. I like a good, I like a good thorough cotton bud clean. The last time I went to the ENT, they gave out to me. Yeah, you're not to use cotton buds, Rosemary. I know. Yeah, I wouldn't think that that's wear and tear. And I would think you should get a second and third and fourth opinion until you find somebody who will help you. And I think from my reading of feminist texts, this seems to be quite a gendered thing as well, that women are expected to just put up with pain. Because it's like, oh, you know, haven't you got loads going on? Exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, you now have time to get it sorted out. Now I do. I know I'm unemployed. Now I could have, maybe now is the moment where I'll be like, that was great. I got, I was unemployed and I fixed my ear. I got it from yeah, a three to a you one. You should. I need to get a job. Yes, I know, but you won't be high functioning in your new job if you're in pain all the time. So while getting a job, you sort your ear out. Maybe I'll actually be able to concentrate even better. Sorry, I couldn't hear any of the additional requests that were coming towards me. So I just could really laser focus on this. That's called weaponized incompetence. I just wrote a piece about it and Ryan Tuberty read it out on air without crediting me, which is very annoying. Weaponized incompetence is when you use something that you're bad at to get out of doing it at work and to kind of pile it on someone else. So, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm terrible at making PDFs, would you mind doing that for me? Or like, oh, listen, you know, I can't use the printer. Oh yeah, I know all about it. Or a friend of mine got a new job and she said on day one, somebody said, could you, could you make the coffee there? And she said, sorry, I actually have no idea how to use a coffee machine. And she was like, I was damned if I was becoming the coffee girl. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> well, the other thing that happened was when I was in the supermarket. You remember this a couple of years ago? And uh, I don't know what even happened. I was walking down the aisle again with dad. I don't know. Maybe dad is actually what's making me sick. I was walking down That's the aisle. That's the jinx. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, again, why was I rubbing my hand on my neck? Well, obviously I realized there was something there. I rubbed my hand on my neck and I felt what felt like 
a tennis ball on my neck, right? But also, you know, sometimes you feel something and then you go to somebody else, feel this, they're like, don't feel anything. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, probably imagining this. So I turn around to dad, note to self, do not ever take dad with you in case of emergency because he's not going to make you feel better. And I went, dad, there's no. something on my neck. And he turns around in the supermarket aisle with like mozzarella in one hand, Greer as he's calling it now, in the other. And he goes, what the heck? <laughs> incredibly helpful dad yeah so I immediately almost passed out you can imagine just like my legs turned to jelly I was like I'm dying I remember well because I then got the phone call I'm dying and then I got a series of texts over the coming weeks (laughs) until you found out that you weren't dying basically talking about would I take your kids if you died and like what would happen and where you know what would happen and blah 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 like very panicked you're so sympathetic I am now that I know you weren't dying I was very worried at the time Beatrice thanks thanks Speaking of finding things and then showing them to people and them not being able to, you know, and you're like, oh, like, look at this thing on my arm. And someone's like, I don't see anything. I remember one time I went to my doctor. I was at my doctor for something else. And I was like, you know what really annoys me? I have this weird, like, ingrown hair thing in my armpit. That's kind of, it's called a sinus, I think. Yes. Where it kind of goes in one side and out the other, right? <laughs> anyway, and I was like, can you do anything about this? Can you just lance it? Because I've watched a lot of YouTube videos, right? And I was like, I just need to get it, it taken care of. It's really annoying. I'm sure they love people like you. Uh, here, here's what I have. Here's what I think it is. Could you please treat it in this way? <laughs> <laughs> anyway she was willing to lance it but she said that because it was in my armpit I had to go for a mammogram first and to have it examined by a breast surgeon or something to make sure that it wasn't anything to do with my breast tissue and breast cancer and all that so anyway I make this appointment there was no rush really because she was like I'm pretty sure it's not anything serious and like you know so a couple of months later I go in and Beatrice when I say it was the most what's that like soap opera based in the hospital he was the most beautiful man I had ever seen (laughs) and possibly about five years younger than me he was gorgeous and I had made several mistakes that day I had worn a sports bra that I then had to completely take off like not even a bra that I could kind of undo on one side you know what I mean so I'm lying there with my top off he got a nurse to come in I don't know if he knew I was looking at him lustfully or if they just have to do that now you know that they have to have someone else in the room but anyway so there's this nurse there who's like a really nice elderly ma'am basically she was so nice but he was just Beatrice, so handsome. And I was like, oh my God, only we'd met under different circumstances as he's like probing my armpit to try and find this fucking ingrown hair that I'm obsessed with. Anyway, raging, he couldn't find it. And he was like, there's nothing there. And then I was too ashamed to go back to my doctor about it, but I should have, because there is something there. That's ridiculous. Oh, do you know what? A friend of mine had an operation once and the operation went on for about four hours longer and their partner was waiting out in the waiting room with no news, didn't know what was going on, getting more and more worried, you can imagine, right? And finally, this doctor came out and apparently was incredibly handsome also and said, are you, you know, ex so and says partner? Yes, I am. And they said, well, you should know he died three times on the operating table. And they went, Oh my God. And the doctor's like, yeah, has this person been taking blood thinners? Because we could not staunch the blood. And the person's like, uh, what the hell? Like, I, I don't know, you know? And then they went like, is he alive? And they're like, yeah, he's alive. He's fine. He's in the recovery room. I came out to bring you back to him. Could have said that first. Yes. That's the part you lead with, right? That's when I text, text you and I go, Rosemary, could you lead with, you know, like when you terrified me about mom being in the hospital, I was like, could you lead with, she's fine. It was you. You terrified me. <laughs> You called me and you were like, listen, are you sitting down? Everything's fine. Mom's in the hospital. I said everything's which literally fine. literally sounds like, yeah, which sounds like everything's fine. Mom's in the hospital having had a serious heart attack. No, I said she's everything's okay. fine. Everything's fine. You should have led with mom broke her wrist and she's in the hospital. Okay, well, I'll know for next time. Yeah. Next time, be specific. 
Right, up front. Exactly. Well, you're exactly. lucky. Unlike dad, I called dad because when I called mom, the reason I found out is because I called mom, got a garbled slur on, not like insult, but like a slurred voice on the phone as she didn't realize she'd answered. It obviously clicked it. That's my daughter. And I was like, oh my God, mom's had a stroke. Mom's like in the hospital. I heard people then kind of taking the phone. I stayed on the line for ages. Called dad, no answer. Finally got through to dad. Listen. I have some news. Your mom's in the hospital. I'm like, I'm well aware of this. And then he goes on. I was like, is she fine? Yes, she broke her wrist. She'll be fine. Bad break. She was tying her shoelace on the toilet. And I said, funny place to have a shoelace. <laughs> just, just to be clear, she wasn't sitting on the toilet. She had her foot up on the toilet. Mom will kill us for that. Oh, yeah, sorry. Her foot up on the toilet, tying her shoelace. So why? Why? Why did she just, why was she putting her shoes on? Or maybe she'd had a bath or something. Anyway, who knows? Who knows? I shouldn't speculate about my mother in the bathroom. Who knows, Beatrice? But she's learned no lessons because we were in Target the other day and I was trying to get her to try on a pair of Skechers. Skechers, the old person's shoe of choice. fave. She was asking me how many pairs of Skechers I have. They're like a glove. This is this morning. I was like, I don't have any. Oh, a cloud. Yeah, I know she loves them. But but she was refusing to sit down on the little seat and she was just trying to like bend over and put... And I was like, no, mum, this ends badly. Sit down. (laughs) She did eventually, but like she was very belligerent about it. Such a relaxing tone of voice with which you speak to our mother. Mom! No, mom! No, mom! Mom! But the other thing I was going to tell you was when I was a teenager, I think I've probably mentioned this in the pod before, I went to the doctor because I had, oh yeah, low blood pressure, which of all things is absolutely unrelated to weight. It's high blood pressure that everyone's like correlates with high weight. But anyway, I had low blood pressure. I went to the doctor because I was like getting, feeling faint at school. It's probably just bored. Were there boys walking by? It's probably that. No, no, no. That would give me high blood pressure, surely. Maybe there weren't any oh. boys I fancied at the time and that was sending me into a stupor. Oh. So anyway, I went to the doctor and he, I was sitting on the bed as he was saying, oh, you've low blood pressure, so we're going to give you this and, you know, we'll see you again in three weeks, blah, blah, blah. And he, I think I was about 15 and he reached out and he grabbed onto my lower belly and he went, but you should try and get rid of this. And he like wobbled it with his hand. And I have never been so, turned. not even ashamed, but I was oh. like shocked. I thought you were going to say turned on. you weren't do you not think that's awful for a doctor to reach out to a teenager who's there for something completely unrelated to her weight also you know i was not fat no no 100 i I do and i also i think all of your recollections about medicine are to do with weight but i also i remember like when i was about 15 or whatever and you go for your and i don't know what's your checkup and the doctor put his hand up my top up my top and into my bra and like did a feel of my boobs and I just, I don't remember where this was, but it was a real like, you know, perfunctory, like yeah, probably like a breast cancer. I don't even know what it was. And I have never felt more horrified. I have ne- truly, even now, the, the sensation of just, not even like just revulsion. Absolutely gross. The first time a doctor ever gave me a breast exam was when I was about 17 or 18 and I had had sex with my boyfriend the condom had broken and we had gone to myself and one of my friends had gone for like a girl's day out into town to get the morning after pill right feeling very grown up and I went into this doctor in this walk-in clinic because I was like I can't go to my GP he'll tell my mom right so I went to this walk-in clinic in town and remember the doctor said to me you know what are you here for and I said the morning after pill he said you should be using protection and I said oh well we were in the condom spit and he said we shouldn't be having rough sex Oh my god. And I was like, well, oh, uh, like and like I didn't think we were, but I was also so young that I was like maybe I was doing it wrong. 
And then he gave me a breast exam and like didn't say anything like I'm just going to check your breasts now because I, like I had, I had no idea why he was doing this. Why was no, he I doing know it? now that it's so when you get prescribed the pill or when you get prescribed the morning after pill, they're supposed to check your breasts because there's some correlation between breast cancer and the pill or breast cancer and certain hormones, I think. So they have to do a breast exam to make sure that everything's normal before prescribing anything like that. But I was just, and I was so humiliated and ashamed already. And then I was just like, oh, I suppose I deserve, you know what I mean? I suppose I deserve this for having rough sex. What the hell? God, actually gross. Honestly, you know, on the other hand, like you're so lucky to have, given everything that's happening in the world right now, aren't you lucky to have been able to go into town and get the morning after pill with ease? Oh my God, yes. Yes. And like that was in Ireland, like yeah. before you could have gotten abortion as well. So, I mean, I was incredibly lucky because I think 10 years before, I mean, 10 years before that, we wouldn't even have had a condom. I don't think in Ireland, would we? Not 10 years, maybe a bit more. So I think it was the 90s before condoms were legalized in Ireland. Mom would be dying now. I don't know how I got roped into this conversation about rough sex, condom legalization. 1985. Well, it says only fully legalized in 1993. 1985, the year you were born. So we're actually lucky because if it had been a year earlier, you probably wouldn't be here. Not Without My Sister is recorded in studio in Fort Wayne by Don Kirkland, who also wrote our theme tune, and the original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.